Hello, you fabulous interior design professional. Welcome to Business of Design, episode 277. And oh my gosh, not one, not two, but three amazing guests on this show just for you, where we are talking about accountability. Now, these three guests have a leg up on most of us because they are part of a Business of Design boss group. So that is built-in accountability and motivation. And we're going to hear some of the strategies they've learned as their business has grown during the first six months of their boss group. Strategies that keep them on track and motivated and growing their business into the business they deserve and desire, the one you dreamed about when you launched your business. I don't want to spend any time with an introduction because they have all the great information, but I am going to tell you about these three amazing women Kelly Tyvee, Justine Sterling, and Tracy Dick. Kelly is an interior designer with a full-service business. She's in the San Francisco Bay Area, and she's been doing it for 35 years. Wow, highly motivated after 35 years to make huge changes. And you will hear how her team has grown and what she describes as the benefits of surrounding herself with the right peer group or as Justine Sterling refers to it, her board of directors, B-O-D. You definitely should follow Kelly at Kelly Tyvee Interiors on Instagram. I mentioned Justine. She is also a full-service residential interior design professional, and her studio is just north of Boston. She launched Justine Sterling Design in 2008 and was previously in hospitality and commercial design, including an architectural firm in Cape Town, Johannesburg. Justine's design projects have been featured in so many publications, New England Home, North Shore Home, Modern Luxury Interiors Boston, the Boston Globe, and Boston Home Magazine. You can find Justine on Instagram at Justine Sterling Design. And finally, Tracy, Tracy Dick, She has a love of solving the puzzle of how people and spaces interact. She says that's what led her to a career in interior design. She did receive a bachelor's degree from Louisiana State University, and she is NCIDQ qualified. Tracy founded S3 Interior Design in 2003 with a goal of building a company that would not only make a positive impact on the industry, but also the community and the environment. Make sure to follow Tracy on Instagram at S3InteriorDesign. I can't say enough nice things about these three wonderful people. During the episode, you're going to hear some of my favorite tropes. If you can't measure it, you can't manage it. We love that. That's from the BOD boss CFO. And something I've been practicing more and more recently, and that is to stop relying on how I feel about my business or a business decision and go straight to the data to determine whether or not something is a good decision. Toward the end of this episode, you are going to hear Justine remind me to be accountable for the fact that I forgot to ask them a design intervention. Thank you, Justine, for remembering because now you're going to get three great suggestions. And it occurs to me I've never asked Cheryl for a design intervention. Let's go and do that now. 
It's so funny. During this episode, of course, we're talking to these three amazing Business of Design boss members, uh, Kelly Tyvee, Tracy Dick, and Justine Sterling. And Cheryl, at the end, we're talking, of course, the topic is accountability. And Justine says, hey, Kimberly, you, you forgot to ask us design intervention. So she holds me accountable to asking for design intervention. And I realize I've never asked you for a design intervention, ever. So yeah. like, here you go, off the top of your head, what comes to mind? Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess one of the things I'm always saying is implement and I'm definitely big on that. I never, you know, put off till tomorrow what I can get done right now. Um, so you mean like, don't just, you know, binge watch a whole bunch of programs and courses, but it's better to watch one course and implement the information that's in there and then watch another course later than it is to watch a hundred courses, but never make the changes you need to make. Is that, is that kind of what you mean? Yeah, exactly. And it's, um, you know, and whether it's the courses through business of design, if you've read a book, if you've done something and taken something away from it, if you sit on that for a couple of weeks, you're not going to do anything with it. If you just learned something and it wasn't, important enough or motivational enough or whatever it is to start right then, you're not going to do it. Right. I use, and I know you say that every single time you come back from doing like a live speaking event, everyone's so motivated. They're going to raise their rights. You're going to whatever. And then you run into them at a showroom a couple of weeks later and they haven't done it. So, you know, if, if you've, you know, taken a course, read a book, whatever it is, and something speaks to you or you're like, wow, that would make such a difference for me. Do it now. Do That's it now. Just the, do it now. <laughs> yeah, I totally. And some, I mean, I'm an action Jackson. So I, I'm a, I'm a do it now kind of a person. I'm sort of driven that way, but a lot of people aren't. So for me, I almost have to slow down and don't implement everything I learn. Yeah. Right. And for someone else, it's like, come on, you know, this is killing you. You know, you need to make this change what's it going to take for you to actually do that and implement. Okay, good. So not only now then does this show have three amazing design interventions, it has four. So thank you, Cheryl. <laughs> what else is going on at Business of Design? Uh, well, given that you've just interviewed three uh, boss members, let's lead with that because it's, you know, we're coming up to launch the group and it's such a good group. Like I know as as we've done the first couple of meetings with the first group, we're like, oh, we can't, you know, we can't top this. This is such an amazing group. How do we do this again? And, and we're doing it. I think we're all really excited about the next group as it's coming together. And we really do only have a couple of spots left. So we're still, you know, reviewing our applications and things like that. But if you're interested, um, you know, do it now and apply. Do it now. So I still you know. can't be in this boss group, right, Cheryl? <laughs> no, but you know what? You get to participate in the first couple. And you know what? For us... Yes. Um, running the first meeting, participating in the second meeting and, you know, the touch points throughout, um, what we learned from one group is translating into the next, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, picking topics for future speakers and, um, what, uh, Larry, our CFO needs to cover from group to group. Um, you know, it's, it's all gonna intertwine with one another and what we learned from one boss group, they're all going to benefit from. Yes, they are. So if you haven't gotten your application in, do it now. Great advice. <laughs> um, and uh, so tomorrow we actually have uh, BOD live. We're just doing open coaching. So I know we've had a, quite a few requests lately, just members who have 
you know, very specific uh, on-site questions that they want answered. So we decided to just do open coaching. So if you've got any pressing questions, um, please join us uh, Wednesday, June 15th, 1 p.m. EST. If you're not able to join us live, feel free to email me questions in advance and we'll get those in front of Kimberly. And BOD Live is free for every member of Business of Design. So if you're a member, take advantage of it. Like I come away from every BOD Live thinking, oh my gosh, that's such great advice. I'm going to go and do that immediately. And I usually do (laughs) implement immediately. Yeah. And you know what? We've got so many longtime members. We call them our legacy members who, you know, they've taken the courses, they've implemented the steps and they stick around for these live meetings as well as the, um, the Facebook community, because that's just such a great resource of information. Um, before I let you go, I got, I have one more. Uh, (laughs) we have a big one coming up at the end of the month. We're doing flat fee projects. It's a three hour intense three hours. Um, I'm expecting on flat fees, how to run a project start to finish specifically how to calculate profitable flat fees. Yeah. Flat flat fees, not flat broke. Yeah. A three, it's, I thought you were going to say a three hour tour, but no, it's a three hour, pretty um, intense learning experience. Let's call it that. Yes. So um, it is, I've had the question um, if it's the same content as the contract. And of course, you know, the idea behind the contracts is that they support all of the systems that we teach at business of design. Uh, But we're going to focus on the calculation side of the flat fee. That's a, that's a big one that, um, it's not just the process you run. It's the 15 steps, whether you're doing hourly or flat fee, but how to really calculate flat fees and making sure that you're profitable because so many designers think they're charging this huge fee, um, and can't really say at the end of the day, what they made on an hourly basis or what their profit margin was for that specific project. Yeah. Across the board are designers who have the, um, least robust profit and loss statements are working on a flat fee, but we can change that. We can, we can turn them into profitable designers, exactly like those who are using the hourly fee contract. So if that sounds good, join us. What day is the flat fee webinar again or seminar? I was just thinking, I don't think I gave details yet. So Tuesday, June 28th at 4 p.m. EST. Uh, We've listed a few different time zones on the website. We're really trying to make sure as many people can join live as possible because obviously you want to get your questions answered as well. Um, So it's at 4 p.m. EST. Make sure you check your local time for that. But we will be making the recording available for those who can't uh, join us live. Uh, regular prices six ninety five, and of course, uh, member preferred pricing. You're going to save two hundred dollars. So registration still open. Uh, make sure you sign up for that. Amazing. And if you do sign up and you can't attend live, but you have a specific question, make sure you get it to Cheryl and we'll try to answer it. But that really is the advantage of being there live is you can ask questions as we go. Cheryl, thank you so much. And thanks for the great design intervention today. No problem. I can't wait to hear the others. (laughs) Talk to you soon. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers 
matter too. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing to do this. We have Kelly, we have Tracy, and we have Justine. And this is wonderful. And we really appreciate you jumping on. Uh, We were having a conversation about how the most heartbreaking thing we see at Business of Design is that designer who has been around forever. They're super talented. Uh, They come to every event. They, they really belong in this community, but year over year over year, they never quite get anything implemented. And we're just kind of wanting to have a conversation about how do you keep yourself accountable with so much going on, in particular around working on your business? Because I think most of us are pretty accountable when it comes to taking care of our clients, but when it comes to taking care of ourselves... Hmm, I wonder if we fall short. I'm not sure who to start with. So do, do I'll start with Justine because you're wearing white. That seems as good a reason as any to start with you, Justine. But what do you think about that? How do you keep yourself motivated and accounted accountable to work on the business? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> it's a, that, that's a really, really big question. I could probably talk about that for, for an hour or two. Um, I think there are so many... There's so much to think about when you are an entrepreneur and you have your own design business. And often you feel like there are too many things to deal with, so you land up really dealing with nothing. And you feel overwhelmed. Um, So some of the biggest lessons that I've taken away over the last year that I've really been honing in and working on my business, um, truly the business side of my business, is figuring out a way to compartmentalize all these different pieces of the business where I could potentially see failure and pieces of my business that I felt that could just be done in a better way and try to explore and find ways to do that. Um, And so it hasn't just been a one shot in the dark that has been the solution to all of my problems. Over the last, I'd say, 12 to 18 months, I have completely flipped my my business in terms of my headspace, primarily, I would say, and how I look and see, look how I look at and see my business, but also how I realize that I cannot do this alone. I have been working in using the business of design for FinSTEP principles. Um, for quite a while now, but that alone is not enough. So you you can try to implement some systems and that's going to be one piece of it. But there's been so many other parts and pieces to this, and I'm just going to sort of mention a few without um, talking for a whole hour uh, on this one subject. But I would say getting a handle on my accounting, getting a handle on my purchasing. Now, these are all people that I'm mentioning. I'm holding up my fingers. Kimberly can see me. You can't. Accounting, my purchasing, um, my staff, um, and then some, my my client onboarding. That's another person. Um, My marketing, that's a, a new person. It's not just one thing, but it's realizing that you've got to take care of all of these pieces of your business, but you've got to have a process in place that is going to keep you on task to make sure that you're not feeling overwhelmed, bringing these people on and figuring out a way to 
do that diligently in a way that doesn't make you feel overwhelmed. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, it completely makes sense. And I can see that um, Kelly and Tracy are nodding their heads in agreement. So I guess you guys, what do you think, um, Tracy or Kelly, what's your impression of what Justine just said? Is that resonating for you? Absolutely. I mean, like Justine said, there's just a million things that could put on your plate when you're running a company. And so one of the strategies that I've had to use or or chosen to use, especially over the last few years, is I had to make a decision whether I was going to be the person who tried to do a bit of everything and probably didn't do any of it super well, or whether I was going to focus on where my strengths were and let other people um, focus their strengths in the right places. So try to stop shoving, you know, round pegs into square holes kind of thing. Um, So for me, that meant actually stepping away from being a primary designer in my business. So I am a professional designer by education and by um, um, practice, but I have some really great team members, uh, one of which who's been with me for 13 years, who is um, equally, if not more gifted on the design side than I am. And so for me, it meant going, okay, what are my jobs? Is my job to be neck deep in design or is my job to allow for my team to do their jobs really, really well? But my job is to make sure there are enough projects. My job is to make sure that there are systems in place that everybody can follow. My job is to touch base with the client when I need to, to make sure things are going well and to look at business development. What's the next thing we need to be doing? So that became part of my strategy for try to com- like to compartmentalize all the different parts was to actually say, there's a line in the sand here that I'm going to try not to cross anymore. And then having to learn not to cross it and, and be okay with someone else being in charge of something that I used to be in charge of. Right. We just can never get away from the fact that we have to behave with discipline at all times. And it's interesting because Justine mentioned hiring different people who wear different hats. And then you you picked up that thread, Tracy, right there. You decided you maybe had the wrong hat on. And I'm glad you approached it that way because most of the designers we meet love doing the design and those selections. And you're the person who says, no, that's not actually my sweet spot. Kelly, can you relate to this concept of too many hats on one little head? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and this is a day, too. Um, you know, my heart pounded. <laughs> so stressed because I have too many hats. But... Um, what I am really growing towards is um, identifying all of these different categories that really need somebody else running it where I can step aside. And then, like Tracy said, just focus on the things that I really enjoy. Um, I think we are all good at all of it, but you get more than two clients and you're, you're dying because there's just too much to do. Um, what I have found over the years um, on the subject of accountability is, you know, some coaches will, will say, oh, tell everybody what your goals are. That'll make you accountable. That'll make you want to rise up to that level. And what I've found is that that is really bad advice because some people will be very supportive of that. Some people will be a little judgmental. Some people will be 
jealous. Some people will roll their eyes and go, there she is again, thinking she's all that. Um, so what I've learned is that I share my goals with um, a very selected and trusted group of people. They are uh, people in my boss group. They are colleagues here in my own area um, who I really trust and who are like-minded in design business. Um, they're a business coach, obviously business of design. And that is where the most honest sharing comes from, the least judgmental and certainly the most supportive. Um, and that is what has allowed me to venture off into, like Justine was saying, I now have somebody uh, handling all of my client intake and helping with different processes and learning who perhaps my next hire should be. And, and it's those um, very specialized people who I've identified to help me maintain accountability that has truly helped uh, the growth in my business, the, the real honest growth. Do you, I found the same thing. Like it's one thing to have community, which is wonderful. You go to a big interior design event and you feel like this is my tribe. These are wonderful people, but they're not all going to give you good business advice. So I have to kind of put my blinders on and figure out who is in my lane in terms of my ambition, my drive, um, really my ambition and drive to be excellent in every way. And that means how I deliver what I do to clients, but also how I take care of myself and my business in a financial sense, uh, in, a, in an emotional sense, and in a spiritual sense. So d- would you agree then, um, Justine and Tracy, that you know finding the right people helps? And then are you like me where part of why that small posse works so well is because I just don't want to disappoint my peers when I've made a commitment. I really want them to light up because I did what I said I was going to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny when you were talking, Kimberly, I was thinking about how I would, my husband is an entrepreneur as well. He has his own business and, you know, he's got you know, staff of 25. And I was always like so annoyed at why he wouldn't want to help me more. And yes, he's invested in me as a person, but you know, he's, he's got his own baby to look after. It's like, this is my baby, right? So I have to nurture it and bring it up and make sure it's happy. And he had no interest. This wasn't his, you know, we weren't co-parents on, on this business. So, you know, I feel like all these things um, came to sort of light in the, for me in the last like 12 to 18 months. And um, so, you know, when the opportunity came up to be a, B, a BOD boss member, we sort of are like each other's um, board of directors. Um, I thought, well, this, this could work. You know, maybe, maybe the, this is a way for me to not just lean into the local designers that I I do have relationships with, but sort of like take it up a notch. Um, And I sort of like the idea that it was a little anonymous in a way. And I was like, cool, I'm an East Coast person. And to really see what everybody else is doing, but, you know, no matter the size of your business, kind of seeing ourselves all in a, um, on a sort of even plane, if that makes sense. Um, and 
I think with building all of these relationships kind of like with our board of directors, um, we're just at this great place now. I feel at least I'm at this great place now where if I say I'm going to do something, I'm actually not going to say I'm going to do something if I don't think I'm going to achieve it. Like I'm right now we're working on our organizational chart and I'm like sweating because I'm not having finished mine um, because we have to make sure that we all are accountable for this. And I was like, oh, let's take a year to do it. And one of them said, no, a month. And I was like, okay, all right, okay. I'll get that ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. The the comment that you made, Kimberly, about not wanting to disappoint. I think we all are people pleasers. Um, that's a pretty common trait amongst our profession. And so I find that if I commit to somebody else, like our boss group, that I'm going to do something, um, I really don't want to disappoint them. And I don't know why I can't hold myself sometimes to that own, own standard, why my expectation of myself can't be enough. It's really annoying, but it's true. And and I, I also find that with any good accountability system, for me, there needs to be a healthy amount of fear. And, and, and what I mean is that the person that I'm being held accountable by has to have a certain level of expectation that they're holding me to, and they have to hold it to themselves as well. Um, I've been a part of other groups um, where you have to come in and you have to be accountable to them. And the first time I did it, the group that I was with, their businesses were way bigger than mine. They were, you know, so many more years of experience and expertise, and they were hard-nosed business people. I was terrified. But each time we met, if there was an expectation that they had put on me, I was like, I have to meet this. Like, I have to do it, right? Um, and then that group switched and suddenly I was with the group that were way more easygoing. And if you met your goals, that was okay. And if you didn't meet your goals, that was okay too. And, and so my bar lowered and I just found that then it wasn't as helpful. And so when we got together with our boss group and, and there's just such a variety of um, focuses and um, just everyone's driven in our boss group, which is just fantastic. Like when we got together, it was like no one could stop talking about business stuff for like three days straight. Even if we told ourselves we weren't going to talk about it, we had to talk about it because we were all so invested in our businesses and each other's businesses that that's just so amazing to have that kind of a group to be able to be held accountable by. Oh, I was just, I was, I wasn't, I didn't want to interrupt in case you were going to say something also, Kelly. Because <laughs> no, oh, Cheryl you were crying, Kimberly, because I nearly had tears in my eyes. <laughs> well, you know what? I do cry easily, as you know. And I have to say, like, you know, exactly what you guys are saying is vitally important because my support group was always a group, you know, before I had all of you, it was a group that's a lot of fun. Uh, but mostly we complained about the clients, we complained about the staff, and we complained about the suppliers, and then we drank. And while that's awesome, it's not motivating. It's In fact, it's the opposite, right? And you begin to be super complacent. And, and I told myself, I can't 
change how I do business because this is how everybody does it. And that is a huge problem. You get into an intimate group and somebody says, no, I don't do it that way. I do it this way. And you trust that person, you might be willing to try it. And I agree with you, Tracy, that there has to also be, um, you can't be too too kind and too forgiving. There is, you know, there is this... Um, off-ramp in a boss group, that if someone is really not meeting the group's expectations, the group can ask them to leave. And so, you know, that's really important. Everybody has to be a contributor. How scary was it to be faced with this boss group and do that thing that we all do, which is compare? And how fast did you get over that? It was... um Going into it, being the first boss group, I really didn't know what to expect. Uh, we get everybody's numbers, and yes, your stomach can sink. You know, you you realize some people are doing millions, some people. Um, so, I the, one of the first things I did was try to find a line item in our numbers where I did I did really well comparatively. You know, it could be anything minor. So just just to save some some credibility in my own, in my own psyche, um, because everybody does things so differently. And that's what we are the same, but differently. And that's what we're realizing. You know, some of us are amazing numbers in this area and not so great in this. Okay. That's where we can raise here and and others are are the opposite. Uh, It's this tremendous sharing of ideas. And then the excitement that you get from realizing that there's a different way to do something. Even if you don't know if it's better, it's something different that you haven't tried and and it's working for them. So it's really just, uh, it's inspiring. Uh, It's exciting. And um, that that level of enthusiasm is also, uh, I put in the uh, accountability column because it pushes you, it just pushes you, that little extra push that you need sometimes to... To continue on. When you mentioned the line item, I'm just going to, for those of you listening, Kelly's talking about the fact that there, uh, all of you have submitted your profit and loss statements and those profit and loss statements have been analyzed and coalesced so that you can compare each other's position, although it's it's been anonymous. I think you guys have all outed yourselves. But when we do that work, we present it back to you in an anonymous fashion. And it really is interesting how somebody could have extremely high revenue, but not be bringing in the same profitability as somebody who has half the revenue, right? And I, what I came away with from that Dallas meeting, I mean, I have goosebumps thinking about it. I came away with this feeling, it's almost like it's a horse race. And now you guys know there's there are these other horses in the race and everybody's trying to outdo the the other one in a really positive, right. amazing way. And you're all rooting for each other, which is so amazing as well. Yeah. I think that was one of the great things that we learned is that there was such a diversity in the group. One of the things that I, my biggest reservation uh, going into boss group was what I made reference to before is that what if the rest of the group isn't going to push me hard enough? Like, what if they're not going to hold me accountable? What if this is just a group where we just kind of float ideas around and nobody, nobody moves forward. Right. And so that was one of my fears. And then meeting these women and reading their bios and seeing their profit and loss statements, I'm like, okay, this isn't going to be a problem. (laughs) This, this, this is going to be just fine. And, uh, yeah, it makes me like, there's certain 
we did out each other on our profit and loss statements, just so you know. So everybody knows who everybody is and, and what their numbers are. And I think that's okay because we're not there to judge each other. We're there to help each mm-hmm. other. And, you know, there's going to be specific members in our group who are going to like look at those line items and ask you specific questions. Why aren't you doing this? Why is this here? And so you have to have an answer for that, which um, again, scary, but keeps you on your toes. Cause you don't go into those meetings, just sort of like Justine, like with the, the, uh, um, um, what were you working on? Justine I just lost my thought. <laughs> oh, the organizational <laughs> chart. Oh, no, the, no, the, no, the org chart, oh, the organizational chart. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we have to present that. I think it's like next week and, um, yeah, you gotta be ready. You gotta be ready. Someone's going to ask. So, um, yeah, it's really good. But I think those, um, talking about the, um, the profit and loss and adding ourselves and everything else, I think my biggest takeaway for all of that is it's not, I don't, at the beginning, I think I just looked at the total numbers. I was like, whoa, and this is so interesting. Like I was just looking at numbers, right? It was fascinating. Now I look at percentages. And I think that was kind of thanks to Anna where she was kind of extracting, but, you know, really analyzing how all of these numbers work together. Like Larry always said, and I wrote it down, because he said, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And I, I think about that all the time because it's all about measuring all these different things. And granted, we're all learning how to measure properly. We, we, are, we all weren't measuring in the right way to give the correct reporting, but I would say by the next time we meet, I think at least for myself, I feel like I'm going to be in a much better place to be like, okay, I feel this is correct now. <laughs> Um, because really understanding how to read your numbers and just do all those percentages and um, but they have somebody kind of like pushing us now you know like she honestly said to me what I don't understand like how, how, how did this change if you did spend less money on marketing and I was like I don't know I guess I should find out <laughs> I guess you should find out exactly right you know what I found um, and they all know I joke that I want to be in your boss group I'm not in the boss group I feel I feel quite excluded I really do feel like somehow I should be in the group um, but I found that I spent so much of my time determining if my business was in good shape based on how I felt about my business, based on my gut instinct about my business. I really, it took a lot for me to, to stop doing that and start relying on data, right? The numbers don't lie, and but I do. I will totally lie to myself and say, I'm doing just fine. That was an amazing marketing campaign to spend money on. Why, why I should do it again, double the amount, because it was so good. But now I know that I have to pay attention to that return on my investment. So is that part of it too, that you, are you, do you feel that transition happening for you away from feelings and and intuition to, I'm going to rely on a data-driven assessment of my business? Yeah, head nodding. Silent head nodding. I don't want to. I don't want to be talking all the time. But um, if anybody else wants to chime in, no, I'll just say like a definite yes. I would say it's shifting. I wouldn't say it's completely shifted. I mean, everybody has self doubt all the time, and um, but this it's definitely is a bit of a mind shift. You're right. I never thought about it like that before, Emily. Yeah, definitely, it's it's shifting that way. I, I wouldn't say that I'm completely there yet. I probably need to spend more time in my numbers and make it a regular part of my week or of my month to be able to go back in and, and see what's happening. Um, but it definitely, at least I know that all the information's there. Like I've tracked it, 
and it's there. And so I can look at it. And when the numbers aren't where I want them to be, there's a reason for it. And, and you're right. You have to be honest and hard with yourself. And sometimes things that feel good, aren't the right thing to do. And that's, and that's hard, or it's things that your staff or your team feels that they want to do that. You're like, that actually isn't the best idea, even though it would be fun. Or even something like, you know, at the end of every year, your staff will come to you and say they want to raise. And I don't have to think about how do I feel about this person? I may adore this person, but the reality is the numbers tell me what I can afford, what I can't afford, where that person is year over year on my team, you know, and what's the percentage of profitability based on that one employee or one independent contractor. I've always loved the number side of everything. I'll, I'll just sit there for 20 minutes and kind of go through all the numbers because it tells a story. It, there's so much information in that. What I have loved as part of the boss group and having Larry involved is that it's taught me different ways to look at the numbers, taught me the, the little underlying stories that I wasn't aware about. I've, I've even somebody who loves the numbers like I do, I was not tracking things in a way that would provide the information that I wanted. And so there, there are a lot of tools out there, um, but you don't know about them unless you've surrounded yourself with, with like-minded people. And, uh, mm-hmm. and there we are. Tracy, you were going to interject. Yeah, I think the other thing that aligns nicely with the numbers is the operations manual. And so like you were alluding to Kimberly, you don't have to think about, you know, is this person going to get a raise? So you can have the numbers, but alongside it, you can have the operations manual, which then says in order for this to happen, this needs to happen. And that can actually be some of the policy that happens within the operations manual. So that when a team member or when you're making a decision, you can actually have it in your operations manual to know that, Maybe you have to hit this percentage of productivity and, you know, this many hours of something else in order to trigger being able to have a raise, right? And so if you can, if you can have solid numbers and solid systems working side by side with each other, then, then you're really not guessing at anything. Then it's, it's, it's outlined and then you don't have to do it on feeling, which again, for me, I don't want to, I don't want to upset someone, you know, cause I don't like conflict. That's one of my, you know, that's a joy in my life, but, <laughs> but it, instead then it's not the conflict thing. It's just actually part of the way we do things. And it's not based on feeling, which makes it a lot easier in the end. Like we always say, and what a lot of the systems and, and operations manual says is our policy is this. And then you can kind of talk, talk or talk about the rest of it. But it's, it makes it easy, right? When you can just say, well, our policy is this, instead of getting emotional, kind of takes that emotion out of it. Yeah, and the reality is, like, unless you're running the business, you don't you don't really know what it's like to be the boss and carry that burden. And I so relate to what Tracy was saying. I, I don't want to upset a staff member or an employee, but what I found is I was giving out raises 
you know, like candy and paying myself nothing. And at the end of the day, you know, at some at some point, hopefully, somebody will wake you from your stupor if you're doing that. And you'll right. I, for me, it was the accountant who, when I I made thirty thousand dollars one year while paying a senior designer seventy five thousand, the accountant said, "You made minimum wage. What are you so happy about?" And I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> like. I didn't even know that, right? Like Exactly. But I just kept telling myself next year, for sure next year, I'm going to get it next year. Oh, next year is going to be totally different. No, it really isn't unless you start really implementing and making changes. And for me, that means I have to be accountable to someone. I paid super expensive business coaches uh, who made me accountable. Um, but I, I just watch what's happening in this group and it's a fast track in every way to that because you've got... You've got multiple people trying out how to get an organizational chart, for example, right. And you all come together and go, okay, this is a better way to do it. And suddenly you all have that, you know, you all have that um, best practices in one go, which is amazing. Right. What are you excited about this year? You want to go, Tracy? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of things. Um, (laughs) I'm excited for meeting with our boss group again in October. Um, <laughs> we've already planned like the next three years and, and it's crazy because everybody's um, so excited. Um, I, I'm excited. Um, we are leaning more into procurement on in our business. Uh, it's not something that I had done before. Um, so about the last year and a half, we've actually been procuring and I've seen some of the real benefits and challenges of that, especially uh pre post COVID, but, um, I see the, I see what it could lend to our business. I see the opportunity and I see our clients really diving into the opportunity to be able to have that full service experience with us versus, you know, drawings. And then you end and then you, you, you know, you kind of walk away after that. And that's been really exciting. And so, um, in October, we're going to North Carolina and it'll be my first trip to high point. So, uh, I'm really excited about that. I'm looking forward to that a lot. Yeah. I'm super excited about finally paying myself properly. Like you said, Kimberly, I think that it was always, just kind of like what's left over one of those scenarios. It was never really analyzing what I should be doing in a more methodical way. And now it's a quarterly draw that between me and my um, uh, accountant, we can figure out what we think that is. And we're playing around with it right now as, um, you know, we, we get our numbers and our reporting more accurate and more accurate. We'll be able to, increase that based on, you know, annual revenues. Numbers that I'm, honestly, I'm embarrassed to say were never good enough for me to even analyze before. Um, With all of my experience, one would think that I would have had that under wraps, but no, alas, um, it took the BOD boss group to (laughs) to pull me together. Yeah, you know, time in the game doesn't really amount to very much. It really doesn't. Like, you know, and what I love too is, uh, you know, you can be you can be in your seventieth year, and no one in our boss group is, but you could be, and you could still make changes, and you could still reap the benefits quickly. So. Yeah, that's true. How about you, Kelly? What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to um, to hiring more people. Uh, a designer. I uh, 
every project I'm working on now, there's too many and nothing comes to an end because nothing's coming in. And so I am always reselecting. Are you kidding? You have to reselect a stupid lamp. What? The kitchen hardware needs to be changed. Then it's all, and, and I just think things that I used to enjoy, oh, I just wish somebody else could do that. And it's identifying who can help me. And there's so many wonderful designers out there, junior designers, senior designers, who aren't burned out on that, aren't overwhelmed with running a business, who would love that. So I, I would really love to hire uh, another designer. Uh, I, I have a senior and a junior now, and they're both very part-time. Um, and I'd love to have somebody more often in addition to more admin help. Ooh, I'm afraid you just told two members of your boss group that, so that's got to happen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you have to be careful what you say out loud We're around these guys. We're writing it down, Kelly. We're writing it down. <laughs> I know. I know. You guys, thank you so, so much. I, I'm sure I'll talk to you before October when you're in uh, High Point, but that's going to be a really amazing trip, and I agree. I think you the first meeting, of course, you're just all meeting each other. You have no idea what to expect, but by meeting two, it's family. And by meeting three, it's I, I, I assume it's just going to be hilarity and uh, also amazing results. So we're just so excited for you. And uh, thank you for jumping on today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. It was fun. So you're not, not going to ask the nuggets, Kimberly? Am I going to ask don't for you, a... Don't you always ask at the end of every show <laughs> for a... Designer event, you want to do one? I'll ask each one. I'll, I'll, I wrote one down. Oh, oh. yeah. Okay, come on, let's hear it. Overachiever over there. I know, right? That's excellent. No, I'm so. I don't have one though. Oh, it's okay. okay. By the time, by the time Justine and Tracy will, you will. You do honestly don't have to do it. I wrote, scribbled something down like quickly before we. No, I totally want to hear it. Let's hear it. Design intervention. I feel like we need to do a podcast with just like the best of design intervention. So, what what do you have in mind, Justine? So what I um, was thinking is that you always want to make sure that you're getting paid for your worth and always setting a high standard for yourself, which will set a higher standard for all of us in this industry. And I can't say that enough. Yeah, it's true. It's so true. How about you, Tracy? Um, I think my bit of advice comes from um, a business coach I worked with years ago, and it's not necessarily about accountability or or not, not necessarily on topic, but I remember talking to him once and I was like, I have to do this and I have to do this. And I had all these things going back to the hats that we wear. And he looked at me and he goes, you know, you get to decide, right? And it was like this simple statement, but it kind of blew me away because I had gotten so lost in the weeds of all the things I thought I had to do. He looked at me and went, you actually get to decide. That's why you're the boss. And I went, oh, so that was a really good piece of advice that I've kept with me. I love that. The boss makes the rules. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly, what about you? I would say, um, and not not just in our world, but everywhere, but to surround yourself with strong, positive, like-minded people. I know so many designers and and I I love all of my designer friends, but not everybody's on the same path that we are. And I learn from them and I love hanging out with them, but uh, to get 
further in the direction I'm going, I, I need to be around a different, my people. So find your people, make sure that they're positive and just surround yourself with them. That is great advice. And you're my people. You guys are my people. (laughs) And you still won't have me in your boss group. I don't know what is it going to (laughs) take. You can come anytime. (laughs) You can come. Believe me, I want to. Cheryl's like, no. (laughs) She's she's the boss of me. She gets to decide. Exactly, exactly. That's funny that you chose that as your design intervention, Tracy, because at the top of the show, I think that one of the first things you said is, I have to, I have to, wait a minute, I choose to. So when you hear this episode, you'll notice that you even use that today. That's good. To start following the advice I'm giving. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. All right, you guys. Thank you so, so much. Be well. Thank you, Kimberly. That was amazing. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today.